morning, everybody. I'd like to welcome you all. Masai is going to make a statement, and then we'll have some questions. Thank you. Thank you for all coming out uh, this morning. <laughs> I think this is uh, well anticipated, as, as we can see. Uh, I know we haven't officially had a press conference with uh, my two guys here. Um, I want to officially welcome Y Leonard, Danny Green here to Toronto, our Toronto family, our Toronto city, and Canada. Kawhi, um, how would you describe yourself and what would you like people to know about you? I'm a fun guy. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> what are you personally curious about or excited about? Like I said, I'm excited about the city, knowing that uh, they're a basketball city. Their fans come out, show a lot of energy. Uh, Kawhi and Danny, what excites you the most about this roster? They included me, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was wondering how I was going to get to talk today. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the roster, I'll take this one since Kawhi took the others. Um, I'm excited about, you know, playing with a lot of the young guys. Kawhi, are you disappointed or do you have any regrets about what happened? Uh, I have no regrets, but uh, I want to focus on this team, uh, this journey that we have in front of us today, and uh, just stay in a present time and not look back. Uh, welcome to the city, Kawhi and Danny. Just wondering, how do you both feel about uh, in a way, changing the perception of, of the city of Toronto and really the entire NBA landscape just by coming to this city. Guys, the narrative of not wanting to come to this city is gone. You know, like I think that's old and we should move past that. Believe in the city, believe in yourselves. You know, first of all, here in Toronto, we have to believe in ourselves, right? Yeah, we should stop talking about like coming to the city or wanting to come to the city. That's, that's old talk. And we want to win and it's our jobs here to try and bring these players. It's our jobs here to try and sell it to these players. But we're proud of who we are. We're proud to have these guys. We're proud to have the young players we have. We're proud to have all the, what Kyle and every, everybody has done here. Let's move past that narrative of wanting to stay here or wanting to come here. Yes, Masai. Guy knows how to make a sound bite. This is Free Association on Sportsnet.ca. I'm J.D. Bunkus. He is Donovan Bennett. We're back. We're back regularly. This is it. Raptors Media Day came, and now we're bringing Podcast Thunder back to the streets. I know everybody was... Uh, I actually saw one guy in the reviews leave a four-star review and was like, where are you? I was like, shout out to that guy. That's the way to motivate me is to get in the reviews. <laughs> but change that to five-star now that we're back, son. Like, Don't be rude about it. What do you think of today? Masai Ujiri, of course. Like, isn't that so Masai? He started off that media conference like, I'm not going to really say anything. I'm just not, I'm not even sure why I'm really up here. And then, of course, he grabs the microphone at the end and basically cuts a wrestling promo. I like the sentiment of what he said, but he said it like 17 oh, yeah. times. No, he before. knows how to get a cheap like, pop. I, I think I have the exact sound <laughs> in like three different Raptors video essays. He yeah. loves Toronto. Big time. Dude, and why wouldn't he? Of course he would. I would say that every once in a while, did you see the video that the Raptors cut Masai Ujiri through his Giants of Africa campaign directed at women? When women win, we all win. Yeah, when women win, we all win. I watched that video and I finished and all I could think of was Masai Ujiri is too good for us. <laughs> we're, we're, we're distracting him from more important things. How could you ever possibly be mad about anything basketball Masai Ujiri does when he's doing things like that? 
You know, when he's like talking to those guys in the public forums about how they need to change the way that they view women and respect women. I'm like watching this thing. I'm just like, God damn, this guy is just a leader. He's a true leader. He shouldn't be wasting his time with basketball. Do other stuff. Someone else run the team. Bobby Webster, take the wheel here. Like, let's free up Masai. He's got more important things to do. It was outstanding. It, it was outstanding. I, I watched it differently. I'm like, man, I need to step my game up with the videos that I cut. Yeah. Shout out to, <laughs> to Do and Jamal and Randy it was Urban a great and Mark Falana. It really was powerful. The whole GOA team, their, their content is amazing. The other thing I thought, man, this is like literally the opposite of the Rachel Nichols, Mark Cuban interview that was uncomfortable for all 18 minutes or however long it was. I couldn't make it through the whole thing. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I'm just telling you that I have a bad, I have a bad secondhand embarrassment. And that was one of those videos where I just couldn't get through the entire thing. I'm taking this off the rails because this is what I do. And I think media days are overrated and, and really. Uh, I would like to say this time. media day was not overrated. Nah, they're all overrated. Sir? What happened to media day last year? No. Do you remember? Last no. year. Okay. It doesn't matter. You know what? In, in Raptors history, we've had two big media day moments. Two. One was this year with waiting for Kawhi Leonard because he spoke to the Toronto media for the first time and to the fan base, man. Like this wasn't just, this wasn't media day. This was Kawhi day. Like, let's face it. On Bill's media day, Vontae Davis said he loved the game. of course. And then he retired at halftime. Like, this means absolutely nothing. No, it was one thing. I'm going to get to my takeaways from Kawhi Leonard on media day and his introduction to the fan base in a second. But I'll say the other media day that mattered was skinny Kyle Lowry. That everyone saw the one picture of Kyle Lowry skinny on Instagram and was like, is that an optical illusion? And then there were the buzz was building of how skinny Kyle was. And I was there at that media day. And I remember him coming in looking all svelte after everyone had talked down on his name for an entire off season. And he came and he showed up and was like, I read everything over the off season and I got skinny. And right. that was an incredible media day. How dare you say that? And then that what was happened it? in the playoffs that year? Yes. And that's old, the point old. is that Actually, media day. That year was Miami where he took over and he was just, he had his best performance ever. He also had the episode where he was shooting at 2 a.m. Yeah. with the hoodie on. Yeah, and he, he did, couldn't find he came the shot. through in game seven. Isn't that the, also the, the decompress playoff scenario? Yeah. We had to go decompress. The point is Kyle that is Kyle, man. He's going to Kyle. That media day, everyone gets super hyped because we're starving for content and anything they say is front no. page news. Nope. Then the season starts Mostly, and they yes. either play well or they don't play well. And that's the narrative until the playoffs. And then whatever happens in the playoffs happens. And then that's the prevailing narrative. They won 59 games last year. What do we remember? We remember how it ended. We don't remember about media day. We don't All remember right. the, the regular season, the lawn taking uh, the next step, course. Freddie V being part of it. None of that is remembered. We so just remember how the season gonna... ends, wrongly or rightly. So, so media day makes no sense. Yeah, I, okay, I, fine. If we look at I the grand scheme of history. The podcast, and now no, my attempt to derail it got derailed. What, what did I want to say? You want to talk about Rachel Nichols and the oh, Mark Cuban video. Uh, listen, I, I love the NBA. I love this game. But... Am I wrong in saying, like, if this happened in the NFL, we would have our torches ready saying, suspend Bro, him, take his team from him. But it's Mark Cuban, the yep. dot-com guy, wearing a t-shirt. Of course. He's on Shark's Tank. Come on. Like him, like Adam Silver. Oh, we got female assistants, females all over the place. So, oh, it's just, well, hey, 10 million in charity? Okay, cool. Listen, first, I will say 10 million to charity, pretty impressive. Have you seen the, the, the money? Act- no. No, have you seen the analytics on like what no. 10 million to charity for Mark Cuban is relative oh, to Oh, yeah, no, I've seen that before. Because world, like the average 61 yeah, yeah, yeah. year old, no, like what yeah. that means? I have seen It's like that. $10. Yeah, no, and, and listen, I actually think there's something to it I, because Bezos has made some contributions in the past that people blow up and they're like, actually, this is just good advertisement for him and, 
this he gets most of this tax deductible and it in the grand scheme of things it's like him giving nothing but i'm not going to i'm not going to be here to d- diminish that today even though I, like there is some validity to what you're saying of course of course there's that of course there's that element if this was old money versus mark cuban mark cuban's a popular guy we're more forgiving of people we like and people like mark cuban and so they're going to look past this it's not the same rules for mark cuban as it was donald sterling i'm not equating the two things donald sterling had to go but yeah, you're right. Of course, that we have double standards for people. This is this is the way that society works. Back on the rails. And you got anything else? He paid the legal fees. Yes, for an employee. Yeah, that I know. He's domestically abused another yeah, employee. Dude. Yeah. Who Rules. else keeps their job after that? No, Urban Meyer. Wow. Hey, but he didn't. He just <laughs> deleted text. He didn't pay legal yeah, fees. I know. Anyways, back on the rails. Kawhi Leonard. It's media day. So this is why I would say this matter. Normally, I'm with you. I think media day is overrated. It's uh, you get an opportunity to talk to some of the players, but generally we turn media day into all those clips you see throughout the year uh, on sportsnet.ca that know your Raptors stuff. You see our highlight bumpers going into breaks. Those guys doing the crossovers like next up this week on Sportsnet, the commercials, the, the B roll that we use that gets done on media day. There's a little bit of just business stuff that happens, but ultimately nothing that we look back on is going to have anything big from the season from media day. But I'll say this. Kawhi Leonard was acquired over two months ago and no one had heard from him. And we had to look at pictures of him though. The first one with him and Masai and Bobby Webster and where he's got one foot forward and one foot back and we're looking for the smile and, and trying to figure out what it means that he was even up here, whether he wanted to be here, whether he pushed back from his initial being acquired by the Raptors. If that was something he was even interested in, what are his priorities? We've gone over this, that there were questions to be asked for Kawhi Leonard. We're moving past the San Antonio stuff, and you could tell the way that it was handled at that media conference that no one's talking San Antonio. Like, that ain't that ain't happening for you. If you want to try to grandstand and you want to be the person that asks the San Antonio questions, good on you. But really, that's only going to happen down the line, maybe, to someone he trusts and he knows exactly how the message is going to be put out there. I said that before, and you said I was crazy. You said that people no. care about how things ended they do. in San Antonio. Of course they care. That's so, not, you're moving the goalposts. I'm saying that if you're at media day, you're not going to get that answer from Kawhi Leonard today on his introduction. When but are you going to get you, it then? If you don't get it today, I, when I are you said, it? If you're going to get it, it's going to be down the line and it's going to be packaged in a way that Kawhi Leonard wants you to receive that message. It's not just going to be him ad hoc at a media conference and just saying it out off the top of his head. Is there any message that he wants you to receive? Like he, he seems yeah, to not he likes care. basketball. He's very much like that. Well, we found out the number one message from Kawhi Leonard is that he's a quote. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> there was no better way to start that media conference than Kawhi Leonard. The first things to come out of his mouth telling us that he was a, a fun guy <laughs> and then following it with, a laugh, yeah. <laughs> a laugh that might explain a lot of why he is the way that he is. Um, here's my theory on Kawhi Leonard. Very quickly, I think that part of why he is carries himself the way he does is that someone made fun of his laugh when he was young, and it doesn't feel good to have your laugh made fun of. I've been a victim of laugh shaming, and I've persevered. But some of us. We're just not there. You have a good laugh. You're lucky. Your laugh is infectious. It's like Ben's laugh. You got I, a good one. I don't even know what my laugh sounds like. But like you, I couldn't, exactly. Because no one's ever shamed your laugh. No one's ever said to you, like, when you've never been laughing at somebody or with somebody or at anything, and someone's come over the top with mocking your laugh. But as humans, don't we have different laughs for different situations, different settings? Yeah, but don't you think that is was your, Is your laugh when your boss comes around and sa- says a laugh joke? laugh every time. I've never laughed at one of my boss's jokes. 
He's never had that funny of a joke. Not. <laughs> yeah, see, that's so good. It sounds like he was crying and someone stepped in and was like, Kawhi, we're just kidding. And he's like, <laughs> like at the end of a cry, he's starting to laugh at the joke. You want to know what the worst laugh is? Which who's? I hate this. No, it's not a person, although there is a broadcaster. Mm. That does do this, whose name I will not mention. Feel oh. free to guess in my mentions. Oh. The broadcaster laugh. The one where the broadcaster's like, I'm reading something off a of prompter that's funny, so I'm going to try and laugh while I read it. Uh, it's not. Oh, no. Who could that that's be? That's not funny. <laughs> You're implying. Anyways, moving on. Well, I, who, do you, who do you think I'm implying? I'm not. I don't want to say because I think I'm right. right. I'll tell you off air. Write it down. All right. Let me see. I'll give it to you right now. Give me, give me the sex? Male. I mean, that's a good one. That's not who okay. I was thinking of. All right, fine. People can get in the matches. They can guess at who we're undercover hating on. I was thinking of a female. Okay, so back to Kawhi Leonard and back to Media Day and what I thought mattered from this. So I think there is an element of the fans are excited to just see Kawhi Leonard in a uniform and people are just excited to hear from him. And they want to know some answers to some questions, even if he's not going to be overly forward. But I thought that Kawhi Leonard overall had a great day that he showed a little bit of personality that he did crack a smile that he's not a guy that you're used to hearing speak. I talked to Michael Grange today on good show and asked him, he's like, I've never seen him on a podium. I've never really seen him scrummed. I I haven't gotten to know that much from Kawhi Leonard. So the fact that he gave more time than I thought he was going to give. And I thought gave some honest answers in terms of his approach to this year and the way that he views winning and the fact that he hasn't had a lot of communication with a lot of the other Raptors that we're all on the same page here. And Kawhi's on the same page here that this is a mercenary season. Kawhi Leonard is being dropped in. And the thing that matters the most is success for everyone. Success for Nick Nurse in his first year, inheriting a really good team for him to be able to institute a system that works out for this team and gets more out of this team than Dwayne Casey did on at least one of the ends of the floor success for players that were written out a little bit last year and Serge Ibaka and at moments, Kyle Lowry, these guys that are now carrying the torch for the Raptors, Jonas Valanciunas, the mainstays that are still going to be integral pieces to this franchise and what exactly is going to be their career moving forward. Important for the development of the OG Ananobis and the Pascal Siakams of the world that can these guys take a next step? How good can these guys be? And Kawhi Leonard establishing himself once again as a top five player in the NBA, a franchise cornerstone, and someone that can once again be the level of player that can single-handedly carry you to a championship with the right group of people around him. This is all here. This is one year. And I thought that the most important quote from Kawhi Leonard today was when he was asked about looking at his long-term future and whether he could stay in Toronto. And I thought this was an honest and fair assessment of everything. I look at it as a day-to-day process. Like I said, my focus is on this year, this group that I have and us striving to get to a championship. We all want to win. And if you're looking in the future, you're going to, you know, trip over the present. So this is what I'm focused on is this year, tomorrow, and just keep going after that. Philosophical Kawhi Descartes. I think that was something he probably prepared in advance, the, the quote about tripping on the present. But I think it's fair is that Kawhi is saying to everyone, don't make me do the question about whether or not I'm more or less likely to stay in Toronto throughout the season because it's just not... 
It's not going to happen. He mentioned at one point earlier in the media conference as well that he was coming here with an open mind. But what was he going to say, though? This is why I'm not taking any stock in any of it. But he could have overplayed or oversold how excited he is to be in Toronto. And I thought he was just very open and frank about it, that he was like, they've got a winning culture here. I'm excited to have Danny Green with me. There's some guys I'm looking forward to playing with, and I'm excited to learn with Kyle Lowry. But ultimately, my my process is going to be, I want to win, and I'm a basketball junkie, and I'm going to take this thing day by day. And I'm going to try to give it as much a consideration as I possibly can. But I'm a California kid. And I went to school in San Diego. And I live in San Diego in the offseason. And the two Los Angeles franchises are going to make a big push for me in the offseason as well. I want to see what I have here. I'm going to give this a go. But I'm not going to stand up here and pretend like I'm going to write off LA in the future. Like, let's all just go through this together. Let's all try and win. Let's all accept that I'm a basketball mercenary right now. And we'll see what happens. Let's let it play out on the floor. Everything he said means absolutely nothing. It means nothing. It, actions speak louder than words. And do you doubt it, the actions? We haven't seen any actions. We'll watch we him show up. That's why, that, well, I mean, that was the first win for, for the Raptors. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me that there are some Raptors officials who are like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check his parking spot. Is his yeah. car there? That was the first win. And the second win was for Raptors fans. They didn't have to no longer, you know, see his his fake body on NBA 2K with the Raptors jersey. They actually saw him in the uniform. Like, wow, that looks really good. But ultimately, shoulders at are underrated. some point in this season, if he has the opportunity to take a charge, he makes a business decision and moves out of the way. People are like, oh, that's not a good look. Clearly, he doesn't want to get hurt because he's, his real destination is elsewhere. Or he you know, jumps into the first row to save a ball and, you know, super fan Nav Batya is catching him and kissing him. Like, oh, that's a good look. He's, he's, he is a basketball junkie. He's just playing hard. Maybe he actually likes it here and loves the embrace from, from Nav Batya. And maybe he buys a house in Mississauga, stays here for the rest of his life. We will learn what ultimately matters throughout the season with his actions. And we'll learn what really matters on and around July 1st when he makes his decision. Nothing he said to me, I'm putting any stock in. Furthermore, was there the, anything you found interesting? I found it interesting that his cornrows look really tight. Clearly, the Toronto move has helped. He's got the fat LA cornrows with a nice bed. That was a good look. And I found it interesting he was wearing what looked to me like Adidas shoes. Those were my takeaways. Nothing. I didn't he said. notice the shoes. That's a good well, observation yeah. by you. How about Danny Green? It was a little strange that Danny Green was acting a little bit as his PR firm. There was one moment where someone did ask Kawhi about San Antonio, and Danny Green kind of came off the top rope. And was like, what did you expect? And Kawhi had the back of world was like, I know, right? And they kind of ganged up on that report. I mean, Danny Green majored in communications. That's his nature. He, he has a podcast. And he's someone who frequented this city well before he was an NBA player. And so he has a affinity for the market, but also knows Kawhi more so than anyone else that was there today. So I think naturally, given that he is much more verbose than Kawhi, he took the stance of trying to be his his defense attorney in a way. I don't know. I couldn't tell you one thing that happened on Media Day last year. And that's because none of it but ends up mattering but to this, I, Of course, but this is a completely different Media Day. This is the first time that we got introduced to Kawhi Leonard. Normal it, Media Days. In the you've history already had, of Media Days, I couldn't tell you. It. The, only, but, the only quote I remember from Media Day is when Nick Young said that he's not a splash brother. He's a splash uncle. And I thought that was hilarious. Again, I don't think that media day is normally as important as it was today. Today was the first time that we were going to see a guy that we understand to be very media averse and acquitted himself very well with the media today, handled most of his questions with poise, 
showed a little bit of lightheartedness with some of the, say what you will about the laugh, the laughter. I just liked what I saw from Kawhi Leonard today. And I feel like this is, this is my biggest take from all of it is that now we can move on from this. No, we can't. No, we can move on from this in the sense that, again, I think he's communicated the message of, I'm not going to make my mind in season. You just said it. It, The action of when it comes down to around July 1st is going to be when we know Kawhi Leonard is going to be a Raptor. We might feel more confidently if the season is going good and him and Kyle Lowry are acting buddy-buddy together, or if the Raptors are winning and they're first in the Eastern Conference and they steamroll through the playoffs, those things are going to be the the breadcrumbs of Kawhi Leonard's leanings or where his decision-making may end up. But really, what we got out of the way today was, hey, Kawhi Leonard, he's here to play ball. He's not going to be crazy about doing media stuff. He's not going to commit to the Raptors in season. He is very much looking forward to playing with this group of guys because this group of guys has a lot of talent and he's interested in being in the record books. And now we can focus on basketball-related items. We can stop talking a little bit about the Kawhi Leonard off and on the court stuff. Of course, we're going to do that on this podcast. That's going to happen. That's natural. We're going to look at things. We're going to look at tweets. We're going to do all kinds of different stuff that we're going to read into Kawhi Leonard's life and say, is this anything? Is this applicable to his future as a Raptor? But ultimately, I think that today represented the shift from all the off-season drama, all the off-season discussion to what's actually going to happen on the court now. Now we're looking at the on-court questions. Now we're going to be talking about the coaching decisions and what the rotation is going to look like and the touches for Kawhi Leonard and the touches for Kyle Lowry and the next steps and the progressions of OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam that we've reached that point now. Raptors fans ultimately want to know, is this guy going to play more than nine games? Is he healthy? Is he going to coexist with Kyle Lowry, or is that going to be an issue? Is Kawhi going to say, what did the five fingers say to the face, slap, and they have a beef mm-hmm. because Kyle is feeling some type of way about the fact that DeMar is here? Ultimately, those are the things I think that actually matter. We weren't going to learn any of that today on Media Day. We didn't learn any of that on Media Day. Uh, the, uh, one interesting question for him would have been, hey, Kawhi, I don't know if you've heard, Jimmy Butler's in a similar situation to you. Mm-hmm. If you had a little piece of advice, or I'm sure you got him on the text. What would you say to him? I'm a fun guy. <laughs> I'm fun. Come play. Come play with me. I'm, I'm a fun guy. I'm fun to play with, even if it costs Surge and OG and a future first round pick. All right, let me get to that. Let's transition to that. Is it doesn't seem like there was anything else for me today. I thought it was interesting they made Nick Nurse go first before the Kawhi Leonard availability. I thought that it had a weird tenor about it because everyone was waiting for Kawhi, and clearly he didn't feel comfortable fielding questions about Kawhi. And yet everyone's there for that reason today. Again, it was Kawhi Day, not really Raptors Media Day. So finally Nick Nurse gets done. But I think there will be more questions about Nick Nurse later. And and I've got some thoughts about him and the season. And maybe we'll end up doing that next week because we, we got to cruise into uh, into some of the Butler stuff. By the way, we are going to do a off-season mailbag next week. We might have a guest join us for that mailbag. I'm not exactly sure how the execution is going to go, but you can tweet us at J.D. Bunkus, at Donovan Bennett, and just throw in F-A, hashtag F-A-M-B. Let's use that hashtag. So hashtag F-A-M-B, and any questions you have about the offseason, anything you want us to talk to, tweet them to us. I leave my DMs open, so you can you can send me a DM if you're more comfortable doing that. Or if you leave a five-star review on iTunes and you leave a comment underneath it with your question and that hashtag, I promise you I'll put those in the mailbag. I'll make that absolute guarantee that the people that get in the iTunes comments are the number one people that get them. 
So share the podcast, tell your friends, leave the reviews, retweet it when it comes out on Twitter, do all those things. We rely on the associates to, to get this thing to be even bigger than, than it already is. And which we're grateful for. So to the Jimmy Butler thing, Masai Ujiri shot down that they've had any contact with him, but a guy named Darren Wolfson, who's an ESPN reporter out of Minnesota tweeted this over the weekend. He said, quote, buzz this afternoon is that the T wolves have told at least one interested team that they can get back a good player. In other words, up your offer, more buzz. Toronto is interested. So I don't know how credible that report is. I won't dismiss it out of hand, but I will say this. It's, it's really dysfunctional in Minnesota right now. I think it's pretty obvious that the disconnect between Wiggins towns and Butler is enough that it can't be repaired. There's rumors that Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony towns, significant other may have been doing some untowards things together as exhibited by the deletion of all of Carl Anthony towns pictures with his girlfriend. It's gotten pretty heated. It's gotten pretty heated pretty quickly. And to the point where Carl Anthony towns just signed a contract extension. And now the owner is saying, if you have problems dealing with the GM to come to him, I would think that these suitors are jumping in now because they think that they can take advantage of, of the wolves and that they look at a trade like the Kawhi Leonard trade, or even at the time, at the time, the Paul George trade saying, all right, what can we give up to get this guy? It's worth it to try to rent him, to move out of neutral. We like what the Raptors did. Ultimately, everyone acknowledges those were good basketball decisions. Let's all get in the mix. So I've seen teams like Cleveland and I've seen teams like Miami being reported as very interested, even though Jimmy Butler's list says that he's most interested or only interested in re-signing long-term with the Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets, and the New York Knicks. My question to you is starting, do you think that any of those three teams end up landing Jimmy Butler? And if those three teams don't want to get in the bidding because of the LeBron ideology of, we think we can sign him, so why give up assets for him? Where would you rank Toronto in terms of probable teams or that makes sense? Does Jimmy Butler even make sense here? I mean, he certainly makes sense. I got here. questions about that. Well, okay. Well, the Knicks have said publicly, both before the Jimmy Butler news and after, they're not giving up future assets for free agents because they are confident they can get free agents in the open market. They made that mistake with Carmel Anthony. It tanked their franchise for five to six years. It's just smart business. They have money. There's going to be lots of people who want it. Mm -hmm. If it's not Jimmy Butler, someone else will come and take their money. The Nets... No chance. Well, I mean, the key part of what the Timberwolves said was good player. Mm -hmm. Who's the good player that they're giving up that get the Timberwolves excited to make a move? Not excited, but I think that they do have a package of players. Like, if you're the Nets, you could, say, take, like, a Lavert and a Damari Carroll... And you could make a package around those guys. DeMar Kell had a really good season last year. I think that he's probably convinced some teams that he would be a really effective player there. I know we view him in Toronto a little differently, but he's good. He can play. And Lavert is a something. The Timberwolves, for good parts of last season, were third and or fourth in the Western Conference. It was only after Jimmy Butler got hurt mm -hmm. that they tanked. If you trade Jimmy Butler and you bring back a package of Damari Carroll and friends, you're not finishing third or fourth in the West, you're not making the playoffs in the West. So if that's their move, I mean, listen, the owner is making this trade Bless you. clearly. So 
that might happen, but it's not one that's getting your your franchise. But that's excited. what I'm saying. But the g- basketball but the acumen money, might be a little bit down on the owner, and so if the GM is not overseeing this and they're pissed off and they're like, "Fine, you go make the trade," and we're not gonna we're not gonna put our hands on this. That's where you start to run into why those teams are like, "Yeah, maybe you do think Tamari Carroll or if the Raptors." Oh, Serge Ibaka, remember him? He was in your conference. He was pretty good, right? Why don't we throw him in the mix? Like, there's a greater probability that the owner slips up and makes a dumb try-to-win-now trade that doesn't make sense over the GM. Yeah, I, I think the Clippers are are more likely because they're motivated to get it done now, and they have more, way more interesting parts than any of those teams. Do the Raptors make sense? Yes and no. The, the issue is the money. Mm-hmm. That Butler's only making, and I say only, because uh, it's all relative, but he's only making $19.8 million, and so a, a good player, well, Kyle Lowry's an all-star, he's a good player, yeah, he makes $31 million. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are friendly. Jimmy Butler was trying to recruit Kyle Lowry to go to Minnesota, so if you're bringing in Jimmy, hoping that he stays a long time, trading Kyle Lowry might not be the best play. The best play would be, hopefully, making them your big 2.5, your big 2.5. And so then you're looking at a There's platter. no chance the Raptors trade Lowry for Butler. Zero percent. Because the Timberwolves wouldn't want Lowry? No, because the Raptors' whole thinking in acquiring Jimmy Butler would be that you're trying to load up as much as possible, and and taking Kyle Lowry off this team is But you're going to have to trade something good yeah, and, to, to win those sweepstakes. So that means I don't know OG? No, I don't think you need to do either of those things. You so, think you can get Jimmy Butler without trading OG and Kyle Lowry, yeah. without trading your two best assets that you're willing to trade? Yeah. Let me make my case here. Okay. I agree with you about the Clippers. I think that the Clippers have Tobias Harris and Patrick Beverly. And both of those guys are in expiring deals and they bring what our friend Steven Jackson says that the Timberwolves do not have without Jimmy Butler, which is heart. You get Pat Beverly, the health is a concern, but the guy plays hard. Same with Tobias Harris. I think he's a really good player. If I'm them, I want those two pieces and then maybe a future first round pick because you're not going to get Gilgis Alexander. Why not? That's what I'm saying. The Clippers aren't going to give up Gilgis Alexander to go get Jimmy Butler when they feel like they're in the driver's seat to get Jimmy Butler anyway. This is what this is it. We know you're not going to the Lakers because we know you don't want to play with LeBron James. We've heard that already, and you're boys with Kyrie Irving, and you're not going to do that. It's not happening. It's a non-starter. Where can you and Kyrie go play together? What are the places that make sense? Right now, from a cap standpoint, the Clippers have the best situation going. They can make room for both of those guys and make it work. And they're saying... Let's have all the flexibility we can have going forward in terms of what pieces we want to build around these guys to make a contender right away. So the cap only matters if you care about it, though, and the Knicks don't. Yeah, but I'm just saying in terms of signing guys. So hold on, hear me out on this. We just you just said the Knicks are not going to do that. They think they can sign guys. They're going to go in with the same mentality. My point is, is that these franchises are not going to overpay. The Knicks, I don't think, are going to be looking at this saying, "Let's give up Kevin Knox to go get Jimmy Butler." Right now, they're like, "Nah." You just said it. Why would we give these pieces up? Why are we going to mortgage these guys? We've done this in the past. This is what the dumb Knicks teams do. The Nets are out. There's no chance the Nets are doing any of this. They've already made too many risky trades. They're building from within. This is the way it's going to be done. If I'm the Clippers, I'm looking at it and saying, all right, if you want Tobias Harris and Patrick Beverly in a future first round pick, yeah, you know what? We'll roll the dice on that because we're not going to re-sign Tobias Harris anyways. And Patrick Beverly hardly plays and we got a million point guards. You can have a package that's similar to this and, and that stuff works out but we're not overpaying you. And then the other teams that want to jump in this mix that have been reported anyways, the Clevelands and the Miamis, but what do they have? Like, what do they have to give? What does Cleveland have in a trade that they're going to be able to offer that, that makes any sense to the Minnesota Timberwolves. If they want pieces that help them win now, right? That's what the owner is saying. I want pieces that help us win. Now I'm not looking for prospects and picks and, and a big bundle of that. I want to win now. 
Cavaliers don't have anything. They got George Hill on a deal. Like, but they got would, Kevin Love. All that would be nice if the team that currently has Jimmy Butler had leverage, but they don't. I know they don't. Because is, anyone who has Instagram stories knows that they have to trade him. Bro, that's what I'm saying, though, is that they're over a barrel here. No one's going to overpay. The market for him is just not going to be sacrifice all your assets. That's why the Raptors would be in a position where they don't need to offer Kyle Lowry and they don't need to offer OG Ananobi because no one else is going to be offering anything close to that. So here's my thing. If you're the Raptors and you're looking at Cleveland and they're offering nothing, maybe some picks, but nothing that works right now. And if you're Cleveland, you really want to be offering picks up? Like you're not trading Kevin Love. So what are you offering them? Because there's really not that much there. You don't really have anything to trade. You're saying all this like Dan Gilbert is a rational human being. I know, but, but I'm just saying even, not even just Dan Gilbert, I'm saying that the T-Wolves ownership group is looking at it and saying, I don't see anything that makes us that much better. We just watched LeBron with that supporting cast, and they were dreadful. They were the worst iteration of the Cavaliers ever. The Miami Heat come calling. They're like, we'd like to get a deal done. They're like, what do you got? They're like, well, you don't want to Hosan Whiteside. You just signed Carl Anthony Towns. How does $20 million worth of... Tyler Johnson interests you. They're like, ah, that doesn't help us win now. What about Dion Wetters? Ah, no thanks. I already got volume shooters in, in Andrew Wiggins. We need to make these contracts line up eventually. The Raptors would be in a unique position where they could offer a, a package that's centered around these four players. And you can kind of mix and match how you like them in. I think DeLon Wright would be the, the common through line through these deals because I think he's the most attractive piece. But why wouldn't a DeLon Wright, Norm Powell, CJ Miles package makes sense for Jimmy Butler for the Timberwolves. You get three players that have been now on a super successful team. You get a defensive point guard, something that you have not had in God knows how long in DeLon, right? You get an energy player that you might be buying low on that could be on a reasonable deal as a three and D wing guy, Norm Powell. And you get CJ miles who can't play here now anyways, because they've acquired Danny green and you've got Jimmy Butler. What about if that owner still thinks that there's some name brand value to Serge Ibaka? What if you just put Serge Ibaka with DeLon, right? And you say, okay, these two guys, and maybe we'll throw in a... I, I don't think you can throw in future first if you're Toronto, but try to get them to do those two guys. Because giving up any of those pieces really doesn't hurt you that badly. Now or in the future. I don't know if any of those guys satisfy the good player standard. That- I think all those guys are good players. I think they're all good players. They're not all-star caliber players, but that's what I'm saying. You're not going to get that back. There's not going to be a guy that comes back in this deal. Like, even if you throw the Bucks into it, right? Let's say the Bucks are willing to deal Chris Middleton. That's the best guy you can get back. If you're the, if you're the Wolves, you're like, all right, cool. We got to do the Chris Middleton trade because we're not going to be able to get a guy back that's better than Chris Middleton. But after that, if the Bucks take him off the table, the Bucks say, no, we're not going to deal Chris Middleton. What are you looking at? You think Thon McCour is, is going to be the, the headline that's better than anything the Raptors are involving you in? I just think that the the new NBA is that nobody is going to overpay for those star players on one-year deals, that it's not going to get done that way, that it's, there's too much that can bite you in the ass. You're not going to give up future unprotected first. You're not going to give up high-end lottery talent prospects. You're going to be able to give up, willing to give up veterans and mid-level players in a deal for Jimmy Butler. I think that it's a gamble. You're either bidding on the free agent market with everybody else or you could pay a little bit more now, knowing that you you secured the player for, for the next year. And so, if I'm the Cavs, sure, take Colin Sexton and Larry Nance Jr. 
and J.R. Smith or Rodney Hood? Yeah, sure. Because all I care about is that I have another guy in Jimmy Butler that I can put on right. the side of my building after LeBron left. And See. I don't want to go back in the wilderness for another five or six years like but what happened the even, last time but LeBron left. you'll be left. in even worse wilderness if you're giving those guys up and Butler's going to leave after a year. Very true. You have to be in the but, right place to get, acquire Jimmy Butler and to be giving up assets and know that you're not going to be resigning him the next year. For the Raptors, here's why it makes sense to me is that you don't need any of those guys anyways, right? And this is all assuming that this is, you're right, someone could come over the top. But if it was those four guys in a trade package for the T-Wolves, none of those guys are really going to matter to you, really. They're just not. I love all of them as players. I'm less high on Serge Ibaka. I think that the turn for his career has been taken and that we're only going to see worse and worse. But that they're all replaceable with stuff that you have internally. And that there's nothing that's a huge bite you in the ass piece really down the line. I would not be surprised whether it's Washington if they say, fine, take Otto Porter Jr. or Aubrey Jr. Or See, if that's it's, a good one. If it's the if Clippers someone does that, who then say, it's fine. take Gilgis Alexander and Tobias Harris, fine. Or if the Milwaukee says, take Chris Middleton and future first and you know a conditional second or some garbage like okay. that. I think one of these teams, just like the Raptors were, are going to going to be willing to pull a Freddie V and bet on themselves. I agree with you. My biggest counter would be if you could get it done for that trade package, especially if they were willing to take Serge Ibaka off the books that you're like, yeah, well, we're not really taking a chance on anything. And the upside of this is too great, but that I would at least have reservation. And I think that's something that they should consider if they, if they did get in on the Jimmy Butler mix. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler, 29 turning 30 this season. Yeah. Again, I think you're looking at him as a mercenary. That's the way I would be approaching it is, and maybe he's another bullet in the chamber in terms of your off season. If you can convince one of those guys to stay, uh, you're better off, but I, I, I wouldn't be looking at it so much as, you know, we need to tie into his future. It's just that you gave up pieces that don't really hurt you that badly in the long run. So again, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Hit us up for next week for the Raptors off season mailbag which we will finally do, which we've been promising forever, but we're actually going to do. So at J.D. Bunkus, at Donovan Bennett, go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, leave your question there, 100% going to get in, share the podcast, give us your thoughts. What do you want to talk about? What do you want us to talk about? What do you want to hear from? It was nice doing this. It feels good to be back in the booth. It feels good to see Raptors uniforms on again and see that the NBA season is getting real close. Likewise. Just a couple of fun guys. Thanks for listening. It's free association on sportsnet.ca. <laughs>